0: because God deals with it. Amen. That's simple, right? Simple stuff there. He, God deals with the clothing, and then obviously some other scriptures do, and we're going to talk about that. It's very important. Clothing is very important. It matters to God, and having a right understanding matters to God, uh, that the, you as children of God uh, walk with God. I, I don't we don't really spend a lot of time preaching this to the world. Why? Well, because they need the gospel. I mean, if they're dressed like a harlot, then we'll tell them you're dressed like a harlot. Why? Because that's right to do. That's the law, right? You, you tell them what the law says, what God says. It's supposed to... God says the law is a schoolmaster. Now, Paul uses it in reference where he says, was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. What did he... Paul was saying, because we are saved now, that's how the law was used. It was used to bring us to Christ. And that's how the law is used to the lost. He's not saying that's done away with. He's saying that's what God used for us. That's what he uses is the preached word, right? So people have to know that they're under the condemnation of sin and and that the law, they are condemned. So that they have to understand that so they can be saved. Okay, Proverbs 31, verse number 13. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household. For all her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Verse number 22 says she maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. These verses all talk about the clothing of the Proverbs 31 woman and just her industry and the things that she does and how she worked on that. There's some principles here, but also we're gonna take some other scriptures, right? Because you define scripture with scripture. You don't just use like isolated verses. That's what a lot of cults do in other groups. They'll take verses that are not plain or as plain, I should say, that have to be studied out. There are verses like that in the scriptures. Paul talked, Peter talked about that, things that are hard to be understood, right? There are some things like that, so we have to study those, but we always interpret those verses by plain and understandable texts of Scripture, because God doesn't confuse us. He, he's not the author of confusion, he's the author of peace. Right? So God God doesn't he's not trying to confuse you. Well, I'm not sure about that. No, God leaves it very simple for you to understand. Those other verses that, that are like secondary, that are speaking secondarily of something, that's what people try to take those verses and trump the clear verses of scripture. That's a bad way to interpret the Bible. It's not it's not healthy. Uh, spiritually, because it leads men astray. And it also sets up to where you can, you can make the Bible say whatever you want, right? We've talked about that. The Bible says that, that, they, that there are those that handle the word of God deceitfully. And we don't want to do that. We want to be as plain spoken and clear as we possibly can. Father, Lord, we thank you for your words. Help us understand this here today and to glean and to grow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Number one, she is willing to make her own clothing. I think this is important. Uh, Not that everyone has to make their own clothing. There's not some law in the Bible that says you have to do this. Thou shalt do this, make your own clothing. It doesn't say that. Okay? But I think it's important that in order for her to be modest, in order for her to be right, she's willing to do that. And the question you have to ask yourself is, as a lady, would you be willing to do that? If that was the only way, if everything was immodest in the world, would you be willing to make your own clothing in order for you to dress modestly according to biblical mandate, according to what the Bible says? Would you be willing to do that? It's a good question, isn't it? Because that shows a heart. Because really, you and I ought to have a heart that says this, no matter what station of life we're in, that I'm willing to do whatever God wants me to do to be right with Him. Amen. If I have to walk away from something, if I have to burn something, if I have to set something aside, if I have to, if I have to spend extra money to do something, if I have to do that, I'm willing to do that because I don't want to live wrong with God. I want to live right with God. Amen. Why? Because I want to please my Father in all things. That ought to be the goal of the child of God, that they want to live a life to please their Father in heaven. That ought to be your desire. In whatever you are, whether it's a man, woman, or child, it doesn't matter, whatever station, we all pastor, we all, whatever whatever we are, we ought to be like, well, I want to honor God. That's what I want to do with my life. So I'm willing to lay down anything that I have to to honor God. That's an important thing. I'm not asking you to answer me. I'm asking you to answer God. Are you willing to do that? Would you be willing to do that if you had to? One of the things we see about this wife is that she is willing to do right no matter what it takes. And we live in a day and age of immodesty. I mean, it's, this ain't Victorian England, okay? <laughs> this is Far from, this ain't the prairie life that it once was in America, right? See, here's the problem people have hinged, so. God's people have hinged so much on American culture and so much that about 100 years ago, American culture took a sharp, a sharp downgrade. About, right about 100 years ago, okay? And what happened is, before that, Americans because of the influence of Baptists and the influence of the strong Bible teaching and preaching of the South and the strong living for God that was there in this nation, the churches. I'm talking about the government, I'm talking about the churches. The church's presence in America was so powerful and strong, thousands and thousands, 5,000 churches planted from a revival there in the South, right? And that was just one. That's not counting the ones that came after even. But you had that influence, and what did it do? It influenced society. Guess what we're supposed to do? Influence society, not be influenced by it. We are to be the you want to know who the social influencers are supposed to be? You you your dress, your walk, your talk is supposed to be an influence on them, right? Every time we go out, the Bible says it, doesn't it? That when you and I go out and we preach in the open air and we stand before them, it manifests God's glory. What It, it shows. It's, 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 it's a, a show to the principalities and the powers, right? It's a show to them uh, of God's, God's grace and his power. Amen. It manifests God's glory there in that sense. It shows it. That's what the church is supposed to do. We are to do that. That's why. why how do you think it's, the Bible says you're to shine as lights in the world? That's how, your testimony, you shine as lights in the world and you stick out like a sore thumb to them, amen. And as this world increasingly becomes more and more naked and people don't want to wear clothes anywhere they go and they, and they continue that trend and it becomes worse, you're gonna shine, shine even more, why? Well, because you have clothes on and they're a bunch of heathens. They're, just, they're a bunch of heathens that want to be naked why? Because devil possessed people want to be naked. People that are afflicted by devils don't want to wear clothes. Amen. Oh, that seems like a very oversimplification. We'll call it whatever you want to. It's Bible. Look at the people who kept their clothes on in the Bible, and look at the people who took them off. Go ahead. I dare you. I've done it already. I preached on it. It's called. It's called the biblical. The biblical definition of naked. Go listen to it I, all the way through. You, you could, and you could do it yourself. You have a Bible, do it. Right? Heathens were the ones that didn't want to wear any clothes. Well, is this, as we live in this society, the women a women um, woman, women must be willing to work hard to make sure that they have proper clothing. I mean, by what they look for and what they wear and what they try to find out and seek out. It says she seeketh. So she finds the fabric, she finds what she needs, she is willing to learn to sew or make it herself. Much of this involves time management for wives and mothers because they're very busy. But it's becoming increasingly hard to find modest apparel. But this woman was willing to make it if she had to. It's a good trait for women to learn to sew. They should learn to make things, they should learn to sew if it's possible for them. And everything young young ladies should be taught, they should be taught to sew. It's good. You know, I'm not saying that you're going to make all your own clothes. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying it's good to know how. You may have to fix some. You may be. You don't know where you're going to be. You may be. You may start some church. Uh, go with a husband that starts some church all the way across the world. You ain't gonna go. Amazon ain't dropping you off any clothes. You you have to fix. You have to fix the clothes you got right there. You better get that needle out and start sewing. You're gonna have some real holy stuff. <laughs> right. So you you don't know where you're going to be in life. We none of us do. Right. Men in the Navy learned to sew. Why? Because they had to. Right? They knew how to sew some stuff up and take care of some things. they had to. But it's a good thing to teach women, uh, young ladies and women how to sew. You know, if you're a mom and you don't know how to sew or a young lady, there's ladies in this church that can help you. They can teach you. They can show you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be a lady now. It won't hurt you any. Right? It won't hurt you to be a lady. I don't like that. Well, you don't have to like it. You just got to learn it. (laughs) You don't have to like it. We don't like paying bills. (laughs) We got to do it, though. (laughs) Right? (laughs) We don't like paying taxes, but I don't want to go to prison either. (laughs) Right? I don't like giving them their blood money either, but (laughs) that's the way it goes. But it is true that you know, all women may not make their own clothes. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that that has to be. They may not decide to do that or maybe it's not right for them to do it or it won't work. However, there's another practical principle here. You may not make it, but you should go to great lengths to find the right clothing that is biblical for you to wear. So if you have to go in great lengths to find it, search for it, you know, go wherever you have to to find it, you know, thrift stores and all that kind of stuff, whatever you would have to do to get what you need to get, you should do it. Why? Because that's the right thing to do. Maybe you couldn't, and maybe you need some. Uh, maybe you, you need some. Well, you ask one of these ladies here. They'll make it for you. Amen. They'll make it for you. They do it all the time. A lot of them do. I'm, just, I'm telling you that if you want to be right with God, there is no excuses. It's kinda of like weird were, uh, brother Paul, we were talking about earlier about you know you gotta go out you don't have to be cold when you go out there. You can dress for it. You can get some stuff and if you don't have it, we'll get it for you, okay? We'll make sure you have it. We want you to be warm. I'll I'll dress you up. We'll wrap you up good. We'll get some insulation, R fourteen. Is that what his name? Can be. That'll work? Okay. We'll wrap you good. That's right? But we would, right? What's that? That's the cheap thin stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, well, I'll give Jacob the cheap thin stuff. I'll put him in our I'll put him in that but we would we would get it for you if you need it right why because we want you to be out there we, we don't care about the money doesn't matter to us we don't care about that we want you to be warm right we want you to be taken care of amen that's how that's how you love one another right and you put the lord first and god take care of everything else won't he but you know what in your life you better put the lord first too when it comes to dress and how you dress it you don't have to you don't have to dress it modestly you don't have to walk around immodest if some lady said, well, I don't have money to buy this, this, is Well, okay, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll help you. Because we wouldn't want you to be immodest. Amen. Right. We wouldn't want that. Why? Because we want to be right with God. We want you to be right with God. Right. We're not going to tell you what to wear. I don't tell people what to wear. I, You know, I preach. I actually preach on this subject. Isn't that a miracle? A lot of preachers won't even touch it. They're so scared. Man, they talk all tough, but they won't even talk about this. Why? Because they look at them women. They're afraid them women are going to, they, they might eat them or something. I don't know. They're afraid of them they're like, they're, they're like they're fire-breathing dragons or something. They're going to get them. They won't talk about it. You think they'll stand up in there and be like, don't show your cleavage. Keep your, keep, uh, keep your, keep your uh, chest covered. Keep your body covered. Wear something modest. Do it right. Amen. I can't say that. Why can't you? You should be able to. Why couldn't you? But you know, you've been in churches where they don't talk about it. They won't. Well, how do you love God's people if you don't warn them about it? How do you love their daughters? How do you love their children if you don't warn them about it? How is that love? Well, it just, it won't upset anybody. Well, sometimes you got to be upset. Right? Right? Sometimes you got to be. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She seeketh it. She is willing to shop for what is right. So you may not be able to make it, but you can find it at thrift stores, at other places online, proper clothing that honors God and your husband? I think it takes work to have proper clothing, and clothing at a a woman, what she wears is very important. Again, too many pastors have not touched it. They don't need to only touch it. They need to mine out the truths of Scripture and explain it. That's why we did a whole series on modest apparel, explaining it and teaching it and walking through it. Not to beat anybody over the head with it, but to teach you what honors God. Because we ought to have answers. We ought to be ready to give answers to every man that asketh you the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We ought to be able to have an answer for them. Well, why do you do this? I don't want my daughters growing up being like, well, and leaving my house and then getting married or doing something like that. And then they go and they're like, well, I wonder why, why we ever did that. I want you to know why I, why we do what we do. I, I want, so other words, you can't say, well, man, pastor never explained that to me. He just wouldn't talk about that. he't he didn't really explain that. He just said when when people go to church and if they serve, they serve in the church, they've got to have their skirt like two inches or three inches uh, below the knee, and that, that was like that that was like it, that's all they said. So then what do people do? They put a uniform on, they come to church, they put their uniform on, just yep. like you do. Well, this ain't no job, right? This ain't work. This ain't Burger King. You ain't putting a uniform on. This is the house of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. I don't want you to just dress that way here. I want you to dress according to what God wants you to dress like everywhere. Amen. If you're, if you're using a uniform, if you're if you're putting on, man, I, I can't. That makes me sick. I'd almost rather not, to be honest with you. It just—it makes me sick. I don't like that. Why? It teaches—it teaches something that's false. Because you're not doing it because you love the Lord and you believe and you have a conviction over it and you have biblical uh, reasons for doing what you're doing. You're just doing it because you think you're going to please man, or you're—you know—you won't be singled out or somebody won't think something of you. That's not any reason to be modest. The reason to be modest is because the Lord's commanded it. The reason to dress modestly is because God has commanded you to. That's the reason to. Right? Because it honors God. That's the reason you and I should do everything in life. Right? Because our lives are not our own. We're bought and paid for with a price. Right? You say, it's my body. I can dress. No, it's not. Not if you're a child of God. It's not your body. Right? Right? I don't get to go do whatever I want to do because I say, well, I'm a man, I can do whatever I want. No, you can't. You can do it, but not freely because there's consequences for what you do, right? If you and I disobey God, there's consequences for what we do, right? Nobody's going to stop you. We ain't going to strong arm you. If you find, you know... This also brings up another point, though, that women as they search for things and try to find things. They seek things right. All of us need to look out one for another, right? If you find good deals on things, let each other know about them. Like we do with meat and other things like that. Let, let, Let your brothers and sisters know if there's something that'll benefit them, right? That's looking out for each other. You ladies, you keep a good network of things and keep your eye out for good deals that can save households money. Man, it ain't getting cheaper. Not everyone may take you up on it, but at least you can offer it and let them know, right? I don't ever, I, I don't, if somebody does, I don't get offended by that. I'm like, here, I found this. Anybody interested in of that? But that's a principle in the Bible, Philippians 2, 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That we care about each other. We look out for each other. And by the way, don't think in your mind that I, well, I always do things this way, so I'm not going to take up that deal, or I'm not going to be willing to recognize someone looking out for me. If, you know, if it works for your family, take it up. If it doesn't, don't. But that's part of working hard in a world that wants to rob you of everything, and, and your time included. It's navigating through a wicked world that we live in. It wants to take every dime you have. <laughs> Amen. That's just the truth. That's, I mean, everything. You may not, again, you may not make your own clothes, but you may need to fix your own clothes. So it's important to know how to do that. So you ought to be willing to. You know, we should do our best to take care of whatever it is God's given us. We don't worship it, but we sure will take care of it, right? Stuff happens. Stuff breaks. Things happen, but we ought to take care of whatever we can, right? So we'd be good stewards. She was willing to lay her hands to the spindle. She was willing to do the work if it was necessary. Number two, her clothing is feminine. It's not masculine. This is so important in this unisex society that we live in today. You hear me preach a lot on this, but you have to understand something. There are 40 children in this church that need to understand the difference between male and female. They need to be taught the distinctions because society is teaching them the complete opposite that, well, you're all the same. No, you're not all the same, and thank God you're not. I'm not a fruit, I don't wanna be married to a man. Amen. I'm glad my wife is feminine. I'm glad she's a lady. I, I want her to be feminine. I want her to have those traits. I want her to exercise those things and, and be that lady, right? You wouldn't want to look over at, like, you, right? Some little hairy, ugly dude looking over. Ugh. Right? Amen. Right, Jacob? You know Two Jacobs, little hairy redheads. Right? Looking over, oh, look at that. Thank God for a, that we do have the distinctions and we understand the difference between male and female, amen? And you think that's crazy, but I'll tell you what, I preached on that 10 years ago and it is so relevant today. Well, you're going to go out there today and we're going to preach? And these people are going to look like us and we're insane when we talk about any of those things. What's wrong with you guys? What do you mean there's only two genders? That's not true. Nah. Look, you just don't understand. No, we do understand. We have to be willing to say the right things that need to be said. By the way... Talking about, about this, uh, the difference in masculine and feminine and all those things, this is what separates the men and the women, literally, and it separates the men from the boys in the pulpit, too. You say things from the pulpit, he, or I say things from the pulpit here, and you say them out on the street that most pastors wouldn't say from their pulpit. They won't deal with those feminine. They won't deal with those masculine. They won't talk about that. Not Not very often. But th- this is Bible though. This is, this is, see for you and I, it's like, well, I mean, we live this way, yeah. But you don't understand, like your children are gonna be challenged by this. Yeah. When we're old, their chi- your children and their children will be challenged by this. They are, this society is conditioning everyone to a unisex Baphomet culture. And they're trying to normalize it, and make it normal, so that's normal. Like on everything. Uh, every, uh, on, on the passport thing, they ask you the questions, right? You're reading the questions, and they ask you, well, which gender? When you're trying to get a birth certificate, which gender? How do you identify? Yeah, it's right there on the birth certificate. <laughs> think... But that's what they do? Why? because they they're conditioning all of society. Like, if the Lord tarries is coming, I, I fully believe that only people that are in churches that are preaching the Bible and preaching it straight are gonna, are gonna like know the differences. You're gonna go out there and people are not gonna recognize those distinctions any longer. They're not going to. They're not going to recognize them. Preaching should rattle the cages. It should shake us up. It should bother us and cause us to check whether we're right with God concerning this thing of male and female. And clothing is a major issue for men and women, especially women as well. Men, but especially women. The Bible puts much emphasis on the attire of a woman. Why is that? Because men are affected by what they see. true love learns to look at a lady with respect and dignity from a man's point of view and true love will cause a woman to dress in a way that is not a snare to men or a trap these things are preached sometimes one-sided so well that man shouldn't be lusting absolutely correct he shouldn't be and you shouldn't dress as an object of lust either see the difference what does that mean see god doesn't let anybody out of anything for so we have this one-sided society. Well, men are just pigs. Yeah, a lot of them are hogs and dogs, right? That's <laughs> that, that's true. But isn't that woman that wears the attire of a harlot that shows herself off? It, isn't she being a whore? You can't say that. No, I can. Just did. Because that is, but. You wouldn't hear many. I don't even know if a pastor says the word whore in their pulpit anymore. I I just wonder. I'd like to do, if I could do a computer word search of like thousands of sermons out there, I'd love to just hear if they even say it. I know street, I know we do. I know our men do. I know they go out and do it. I know they preach it. Well, that's offensive. Of course it is. You don't think it was offensive when Isaiah wrote it? You don't think it was offensive when, when, when the Bible talked about it, when Paul wrote about a whore and a whoremonger and a fornicator, you don't think that was offensive? You think they enjoyed it? They were like, yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah, it's so offensive. You got, they killed him for it. Right. I mean, it's not, you got to say it. Why? So women, so God-fearing women realize that, you mean there is an attire of a harlot? And wouldn't you wanna ask that question, well, do I wear it? Right? Would you wanna know if you, as a Christian, lady, would you wanna know if you were wearing the attire of a harlot? Would you wanna know that? According to what God says, would you wanna know? Or do you not care? I have to believe if you're a child of God, you care. Now, if you're a father, would you, would you be concerned if your wife or your daughters were wearing the attire of a harlot? By the way, it does not say that she's a harlot. It says the attire of a harlot. Just like when we talk about Jeremiah chapter 10 and people say, well, I'm not doing it because of... Uh, pagan reasons or heathen reasons. Yeah, I know that's why it says, "Learn not the way of the heathen." We've uh, right. I agree. I don't think you are either, and I don't think any God-fearing Christian woman would dress in the attire of a harlot on purpose. I think that she would probably do it out of ignorance. I believe that. Right. I I have no problem believing that. But you can't ignore it and act like it's not there. Well, you can. But you also reap the rewards of doing that. We are commanded to preach those things. And true love warns. Right? That's true love to warn somebody. You will have women that will say this about that subject. Well, he should learn to control himself. Duly noted. And you should learn to cover yourself and not dress like a whore. That doesn't get said very much. But God doesn't give anybody a pass. He doesn't give the woman a pass that dresses wrong. He doesn't give the man lusting a pass. Isn't that something? Right. That's, that's Bible preaching. That's why. That's the Word of God. It's, it hits every nail it intends to. <laughs> every one of them right on the head. There ain't no man that can escape this life from being bruised by this book. <laughs> you, just, you won't. You, or corrected by this book. You will. See, the Bible doesn't have the me-too philosophy where women can do no wrong and they're merely victims in this world. No, it holds all parties accountable for bad behavior. Amen. Her clothing reflects that she is different than a man. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 22. I've talked about this before. I call it Christian cross dressing, which really makes me popular. Puts me on the preaching circuit. Just here, like <laughs> rounded a circle here. <laughs> right? Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse number 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a woman put on a woman's garment. Neither shall a man, sorry. Neither shall a man, oh, I messed that one up. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Now, I want you to notice something. It says that they are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Right He says that he says that uh, they should not wear things pertaining to the opposite sex. They should be very clear about their dress. They should be cl- very clear about their standard. They should be very clear about what they do. Here's the thing: I, it, it, I've never understood why it was so important for people to identify Christians when this subject comes up and it's and it's talked about and it's taught on it's so important for them to fight that and fight through the difference between a man's clothing and a woman's clothing I mean they will fight tooth and nail for that however those same woman women will look at will look at a man that is that is in a dress and they will automatically attribute that dress to feminine dress but they don't do the same thing with pants Why? That would be a hypocrite, wouldn't it? And I thank God when he saved me and changed my life that he, he, did, he didn't allow me to be a hypocrite. He had me preaching on those things years ago because when this transgender movement has risen up, I, we have preached the same thing that we have always preached, haven't we? We have been consistent through it all. We've said that's transgender dressing and that's transgender dressing. that's not very comfortable. I know just get it right and you'll be comfortable. It's that easy right? You just lay down your rebellion. You lay down your rebellion and you be the lady that God wants you to be. It's not that hard is it? It really isn't. God's made it simple for you to dress like a lady. He's made it simple for a man to dress like a man. He's made it very simple. And the only thing that stops it for the child of God, because I'm talking to saved people, not lost people, because lost people can't even hear it, right? They can't even receive it. I'm more worried about how the church does things, not the world. I already know they're going to hell. Amen. But all you have to do is lay down that rebellion and follow the Lord. That's all you have to do. Right? Because as quick as you are to look at that dude in a dress, I'm just as quick as look at that woman in britches and say, why are you dressing like a man? Why are you chopping all your hair off, turning it butch and looking spike like a spike buck or something? What, what's going on? <laughs> I understand if you can't grow it, that's fine. I get it. Okay, but that's usually not the case. Usually it's a case of, well, it's just a lot of work. Okay. So it is. Right, It's a lot of work to look like a lady. Okay, well, then do a lot of work. Right? Do a lot of work. Because if you want to be right with God, I mean, God has these standards, right? God said it. It isn't us that made it up that it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Right? We didn't make that up. (coughs) We didn't invent that. God said it in his word. And the attire of a harlot and the attire of a, of a man. We didn't make that up. We're taking it from the scriptures. Right? And I, you go back and you can listen. should a Christian woman wear pants? You go back and listen to that. That's going to detail all of that because I covered it specifically. I don't have time to do that today because that's not really the, the entire purpose of that. But I covered it. And I said Christian because I already know what the world is. Like I said, I'm concerned with God's people. I'm I'm concerned with them. And understanding, it's men that gird up their loins. It's men that do that. Women don't do that. But you know something? We have gotten so far in society that you can't tell the difference between male and female any longer. And you definitely, on Sunday morning, you can't tell the difference in a lot of churches. Why is that? See, I'm the type of person that if the world is going that far at great lengths to, to defile and to, and to push that, uh, that, that, that masculine femininity and all that, that mixture of it, that mixture of light and darkness, and, and they want to do that, then I want to so much the more do the opposite of what they're doing and follow the Lord even closer. Why? Because I want to be an example of what God said. I wanna live my life like that, right? Because they're bold in their, do they, are they bold in what they do? They don't back off, why should we? Why should we who have the truth, why do we back off? i seen some of those reform preachers on there, they got on there the other day on Facebook, they're like, yeah my wife showed up to church and he's a preacher and he, my wife showed up in a pair of britches and everybody was staring at her because he went to a church where the women dress feminine and he was he was like he was kind of mocking that stand and said oh it's like a cult really well I'm just curious do you think Deuteronomy 22 5 was part of the ceremonial law or is it part of the moral law So now I can show up to church in a dress? (laughs) Right, Brother Paul? I can just show up in a dress now, right? Is that how that works? Because you don't know. What it does say is this. What it shows you is that's part of the moral law of God, and it has not changed. What's that? Yeah, (laughs) if you want to go ahead. (laughs) Right? I don't want to. <laughs> Amen. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, right. But why would why would you want to? Think about that though. Think about the reasoning behind that. Think about him arguing against femininity and saying, "Oh, they're just like they're like that's like a cult." So the people that cross dress against what God said are the holy ones and the right ones, and the people that wear gender-specific clothing as God has commanded his word or a cult? I think there's a little bit of confusion there. Does that sound like confusion? Yeah, it is. It's repackaged Catholicism, isn't it? It's confusing. Doesn't make sense, does it? But that's the world. That's the theology of Rome. That's that. It's still the theology of Rome. It's still the, why? Because they don't believe these people don't believe in biblical standards. They don't. And those those Reformed people, they don't believe in biblical standards. They don't. We see them on the streets all the time. We talk to them all the time. I see their wives running around in yoga pants. Right? They, they don't. It's like where's you? Really? So God didn't call you into holiness. He called every. our society wants confusion because it's ran by the antichrist but the Lord wants peace for his people and that they cause no confusion that's like I tell people don't be a Christian cross dresser don't be a Christian tranny wear clothes that pertain to a woman and men you know uh, that, that men wear clothes pertain to a woman and women wear clothes pertain to a man People are, why do you have to preach on this? Well, look at the world. Look at the churches, how confused they are. Look at people, how confused they are. Look at what the message that our children are given literally every day out in the world, everywhere they go, they are advertising their doctrine and their practice. And they are, look at the, look at the public schools. They're indoctrinating children into lies. Right? They're indoctrinating them. They're teaching them lies. That's why you have to preach, number one, you have to preach on because God commanded it. Whether anybody likes it or not, it's gotta be preached. We live in a world that's confusing. You know who aren't confused? The ones who have followed God's order in the attire of a man or woman, plainly and not blurring the lines. And they're at peace. Why? Because God gave them peace and the distinction of the sexes is evident. They're not confused about it. I thank God for a church full of women and men that dress accordingly. I'm thankful for it. That our children learn why you do. You see all those things, brother Andrew. Back when you were when you got saved back in that was it the 80s or the 90s? I don't know. When did you get saved? I don't know how long ago that was. 90s? In the 90s when you got saved, you know, you saw the world and the drift and the way things are going. You, you guys never would have thought that transgenders and all that stuff would have been, would have skyrocketed. Brother Paul, you got saved, what, 30 years ago, something like that? You would have never thought you'd see that, right? You never thought that that would be so mainstream. But the things that we did back then, we did because it was right. But now you see an even bigger, and another reason to do that. It's because the example that you set because the world is completely confused. They don't know what a lady is. They don't know what a man is. This Proverbs 31. Yeah, the churches are confused. There's confusion in the churches. People need to understand the distinction of the attire of a man and a woman. God made Adam and Eve, right, different. When they crossed over into each other's sphere, things went bad really quick. Really quickly, didn't they? That's why the preaching is important. The Bible's not a unisex book. It's a sexually distinctive book. Because God is the author of life. And he's the preserver of life. And he commands what male and female is. He commands what the order of his creation. No matter what they try to do, they will never get around God's order. You need a seed and you need a woman. That's what you need. And you don't get around it any other way. They will not create life any other way. They will not be able to. God made it that way for a reason. No matter what they try to do to defile that, they never will be able to. Because they can't give life. Only God can in His way. Number three, her clothing was modest apparel, Proverbs 7.10. Notice the difference here in Proverbs 7.10. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot and subtle of heart. Again, we talked about this. So there is the attire of a harlot or the clothing of a harlot. We ought to understand what that is and make sure that his wives, daughters, husbands, fathers, none of our dress in that way, none of ours dress that way, that we are very clear about that. That you do not dress entirely after the fashion of this world, after modern trends and not modest, but their attire is the attire of a harlot in this world or the attire of a whore that we see much today, out of ignorance, like I said. You ought to know what that is and stay away from it. The Bible explains what clothing should be. Her clothing is befitting a virtuous wife, this Proverbs 31 woman. She She is not known in the gates. Her husband is. She is not trying to show off her body in the gates of the city. Her manner is to support her husband, not to compete with him, not to bring attention to herself what she, through what she wears or to show off her flesh. There's nothing more embarrassing than a, than a man to be married to an immodest woman. It's embarrassing. Right? They show off their body to every, uh, all these other people. Men are gawking at them. Because they're dressed immodestly? Right? And what's that do? It kind of makes a man mad. Well, she shouldn't be dressed that way. Right? Turn to first Peter chapter three. The Bible gives us the examples that we're supposed to follow. Verse number one, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation. That's a holy conversation. Chaste, modest conversation. Modest language and speech. Coupled with fear. Who's adorning? I was talking about the adorning, how you dress. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to, under their own husbands. Modesty is the rule. It is the manner of life and the heart, not just the matter of clothing. A modest woman is not just modest in what she's wearing. She's modest in her speech and in her actions. She doesn't try to draw attention to herself. She doesn't try to draw it into herself and and make people look at her or listen to everything she says or anything like that. Her conversation is very meek, right? She's not speaking like boldly and brassy and loud and stubborn. That's the, the harlot that speaks loud and stubborn. That's not the countenance that she has. Not loud and stubborn. But meek. First Timothy chapter two, verse number eight through fifteen. Paul does it again. He talks again about this. That's why a lot of women hate Paul. They na- they claim to be Christians, but they hate him. Oh, Paul. He was just going through something. <laughs> Paul's just kind of having an episode there. He's just like. He's, he wasn't really. Paul should have been more like Jesus. Well, how many times did he have to get beat? <laughs> how many times did he get stoned? died once. I think he was a lot like Christ, wasn't he? He wasn't Christ, but he sure was a lot like him, wasn't he? I will therefore, in verse number eight, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. That's the men, men standing up and praying and, 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 and and being bold in their prayer and, and loud like that. That's what the Bible is talking about there without wrath and doubting in like manner also. So he's going to switch it in like manner, also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Modest. With shamefacedness and sobriety. That's a King James word right there, shamefacedness. Right? It's a good old King James word right there. Shamefacedness. Right? Not bold and brassy, not loud and arrogant and stubborn. Shame-faced. Sober. Sober. Serious. Right? Not, not, not a silly women, woman laden with sins. See the opposite of that? You think sobriety is, okay, she's not drinking the bottle. Not smoking weed. Well, she's not doing either of those things either. But what, but what it's discussing, what it means by that is that she's not a silly woman laden with sins carried about right? She's focused on her husband and on her home and on her children and on the things that are important. She's not silly and carried away. That's what he means by that. Not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness. Woman, you profess godliness by your modest life, by your modest living, by your modest tongue, by your modest clothing, by by your modest conversation by the way you live your life, you, you, you profess godliness with that. Your husband professes godliness by a number of different things, right? His life included, but that he lives the life that God has made a man to live, right? But you, you profess godliness by your obedience to Christ and His Word and your obedience and modesty with your husband. That's how you profess godliness, with good works. That's how, with good works. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. Now I'm including this because he's, this is modesty. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. The whole teaching is of modesty is of the heart. If you're modest in heart and if you love the Lord and you have a meek and a quiet spirit, you're going to want to dress accordingly. So it's, it's an issue of the heart. That's why I don't have a dress code. We don't old past Baptists. we don't have a dress code. Why? Because modesty is an issue of the heart. Now if you come in naked, you ain't staying. But 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 that's a that's an extreme, right? But we don't why? Because I don't number one, I don't see anything in the Bible where churches have dress codes, okay? That's corporations have dress codes and they have, but these churches are all dressed. And they hide behind those things. They hide behind their like I told you that story before. A church planting guy told me that story. He said, "You know, if a woman want, you know comes into your church and you know she joins the church and gets baptized and everything gets saved and baptized and they join the church and then you know you have a, a, a workers in your in your constitution you have uh, you have a qualifications for workers or whatever and one of those requirements is is that they wear that it's a lady that that if it's a lady that she wears a, a skirt and it's our dress or whatever and it's this such and such length and if they come in and they ask you and they have a problem with that and they say well why can't I just serve and why do I have to do that then you can just say well I can't do anything about it it's in our constitution That was his idea, That I he, that's what he taught me. As I sat there and I looked at him and he taught me that. I didn't like the guy anyway, because I don't have any of that professionalism type stuff in me anyway, so I, I didn't even like it. Like, it made me sick, I'm like, whatever, get out of here. He's the same guy that told me I couldn't chew gum when I came to church, like I was walking around. <laughs> you, can't, you can't, you can't be a pastor and chew gum. I don't know how that happened I am <laughs> no. but he told me that brother Paul he's like you can't kind of what are you doing he looked at me like you're chewing gum what is that in the Constitution too I was like it's like you can't do that yeah he said you couldn't you can't chew gum at church when you show up to church you can't you can't chew gum in all I think he was from Canada so that's probably anyway is that where he's from? Canada? Well, that explains it sorry Pastor Jeffrey if you to us. we love you brother eh? he's going to give me a pack of gum when I show up watching he's be like you can chew gum here brother it's okay but no listen seriously he told me that right and, but I'm to hide behind my constitution with a lady why? I ain't afraid of that lady I'll tell her what God said he was afraid of them women. Why? Just tell her what, tell her what the Bible says. Don't you teach on it? Won't you? Just teach her what God's Word says. They might, they might leave, and you might save yourself a big headache. But you know what? There's still a room full of people here, so you all ain't left. Right? Where are you going? <laughs> Next, her clothing is attractive. I think it's important because it's not a sin to look nice and to take care of yourself and look nice. It's not a sin to wear nice clothing that is attractive. That doesn't violate scripture. Look at verse 22 in our text verse here, uh, text chapter uh, Proverbs 31. I, I think there's a, I think some people get caught up in, you know, well, maybe they wouldn't wear something, but this other person would. There's nothing really immodest about it. It's just a different design or a different thing like that. And, you know, well, maybe I wouldn't wear that. Well, maybe you wouldn't. And you shouldn't if you don't like it, don't wear it. Right? It's like when I was a kid, I was walking outside the window of our uh, walking down the road, I was in the country. And this, this old man, was, he, was arguing, he was arguing with his wife. And she looked at him, and she goes, if you don't like it, don't eat it. And he goes, I ain't gonna. I was like, whoa. That was amazing. They got, they were really upset about it. I was like, I wonder what they're eating. <laughs> I'll eat it, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm 10, everybody's hungry when they're 10. <laughs> anyway, verse 22, she maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. You know, what you have here is uh, when we talk about the coverings and the things, that she makes herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Uh, we'll give you the definition of that, what that means here. First Corinthians 11, seven says, for a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and the glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. So the woman is the glory of the man and should look nice and care for herself. She should. Why? She's a direct reflection of her husband. I didn't say she has to be fancy. She has to wear a certain thing. No, I, I'm not. I'm not talking about that. We don't. We don't do that here. We don't <laughs> tell people that stuff. Everybody has a different taste and preference. But there's nothing wrong with looking nice. There's nothing wrong with, you know, buying something that you like that looks that looks nice. there's there's nothing wrong with that. And and I'm I'm going somewhere with this because I want to show you something. But the, it is not vain to take care of yourself. And to look nice like I guess everyone's style is different you know they have different tastes and other things as long as it's not too short too tight exposing your body in an improper way that are that's only for your husband's attention it's not sinful if all of you dress the same all of you ladies dress the same way in this room it would be kind of odd I think <laughs> I think it'd be kind of weird if you all showed up in the same color the same fabric the same thing I mean you can do whatever you want. It's not my business. But I mean, as far as that goes, but you don't have to to be right with God. Right? You don't have to, you know, you, you don't have to be right with God to do that. Uh, God is given liberty to have differences of style and things like that. This is clearly not the, the plain dress and such that is taught by some groups. Uh, Mennonite, some Mennonite groups will teach that, Amish groups and different groups like that, where everyone wears like plain colors. Not all of them teach it, but some do. Plain colors. That if you're not right with God, if you're dressed in different colors or different things like that. But that word tapestry, if you look at it, what it means. It's a kind of woven hangings of wool and silk, often enriched with gold and silver, representing figures of men, animals, landscapes. It's cloth made of silk. Uh, that's another one that, that, that it is. Silks denoting different sorts and varieties, different colors. Right? Different patterns and colors that are there. So there isn't anything sinful about, like, God didn't say, well, you have to wear all blue or you have to wear all black or you have to wear all this color or all that color to be right with God. If you, if you believe that your conscience, if you believe that that's what's right, then so be it. I don't have a problem with that. That's between you and the Lord. But you don't have to be right with God to do that. People can have designs on their clothing and different things. There's nothing sinful about that. This woman did. She had it. The Bible's clear. There's nothing sinful about that. What becomes sinful is if, if we become immodest. You know, if we, if you do, if we, you, like Greg Locke, when he had that gold fancy, this gold fancy shirt that he, when he met, met with Benny Hinn, and he goes, see, I used to make fun of your white suit, Benny, but look at me now. He was like, look at me, daddy. Look at me now. Right, and He's dressed in all this fancy enter the dragon type stuff and it was just weird. But he was doing it, to, he, sa- he was literally saying he was doing it to be provocative. If you and I dress to be provocative, right, then that would be a sin. If we're dressed, uh, it's the motive of our heart. In other words, yeah, it's immodest. In other words, everyone in this room has different styles and different things that they like, different patterns or whatever. There's nothing, there's nothing in, the, in itself wrong or sinful by that, right? And it's really a matter of the heart between you and the Lord, as far as uh, and your husband and, and and those things. So I think you got to be careful because we can become too critical of each other. Think, well, you have to do things this way, or you have to do things that way, or I wouldn't. One lady might say, well, I wouldn't wear that, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear this, and well, maybe you wouldn't. But is it wrong? <laughs> the question is, is it wrong? If it's not, then it's a matter of preference as far as the way that it looks, or the design of it, or the pattern of it. Then we have to be careful. Not to, not to be harsh or not to judge uh, improper judgment, you know, like that. I, th- I think that's important because everyone has different things that they like and everybody is, and it is, it's important that we understand that. Uh, one person said it this way, the wife dresses herself in a way becoming her station, avoiding the extremes of sordid simplicity and ostentatious luxury, Right? He said, I, I should wish any devout man or woman always to be the best dressed person in the company, but at the same time, the least fine and affected and adorned, as it is said, with the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit. So in other words, basically it's this, is the, it's that, you know, everyone, there's people that have more money, there's people that have less money, there's people that, have, so that according to your station of life, whatever's modest according to, to your life, and that's between you and the Lord to judge that matter right that's not between us to judge one another we you know uh, with that and be too critical of each other when it comes to things like that you know so it's not wrong maybe you like nicer things and you like to make them look nice and dress nice and do that. there's nothing wrong with that that's not a sin it's not it's not being extravagant or terrible or you know or worldly that's not worldly just because you have a pattern on of something that's not that doesn't mean that's worldly if it is, God is, it, God is lifting uh, this example up in the scriptures of someone that did that tapestry that made their clothing and made things with patterns and different things on it and doesn't say that it was ungodly at all. In fact, it was used as an example. So I think we have to be careful about those things when we look at, at things and not be too critical of one, one, for another, one of another. Um, her clothing was silk and purple, which was suitable to her condition. Uh, her husband was a principal man, you know. Uh, Clothe yourself, said one, with the silk of piety and with the satin of sanctity and the purple, and with the purple of modesty. Be very concerned with how your heart is because whatever is in your heart like that, whatever, whatever you model your heart after in that sense, that's how you will dress. It's always a matter, of, dressing is always a matter of the heart when it comes to those things and it's very important. You know, Paul and Peter both speak against extravagancy and things like that. But, uh, and the Bible does, you know, but it's the purpose of why you're dressing. No, No one should judge one another and say, oh, I think that's very extravagant. Well, maybe for you it is. Maybe for them it isn't, right? So that biblical definition is that I don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. It's like, I, I noticed one thing about ladies that they will, if wherever they're at, if they're going somewhere, they're doing something, they, they tend to, and I've heard this a number of times, they tend to want, want to know like, well, what's the dress like? Like what's the occasion going to be, right? So they can dress appropriately. It's like when you show up to a wedding, you want to make sure that you're not wearing, a lady wants to make sure they're not wearing something that is not conducive to the environment they're in, right? They don't want to look they don't want to stick out when it's the bride that's the 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 groom and the bride that's the focus of the wedding they don't want to you know stick out and be like uh immodest in that sense or to draw attention to themselves uh when you're trying to honor somebody you know uh, at their wedding and everything so that's why the the wedding dress is always a you you know generally a beautiful dress and everything like that because that's you know, the focus is on the purity and the holiness and the wedding and, and, uh, and them getting married. So that, that's kind of the same idea, right? We try to make sure that, that the dress it fits that standard. Lastly, strength and honor are her clothing. Proverbs 31, verse number 25. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. The woman's true clothing is strength and honor. That's really, that's the main focus, right? She may have silk clothes and tapestry at home and nice things, but it is her heart that is clothed with strength and honor. She does not wear anything that would bring dishonor to the Lord or dishonor to her husband. But she dresses in a manner that is, that it, that is um, modest, with strength and honor. That's important. Because you and I, the first thing that we ought to do with everything in life is have a desire to honor the Lord. Right? And a wife should have a desire to honor her husband. Never to do anything that would dishonor that relationship. By the way, as a husband, the Bible says for you to love your wife, to nurture and cherish her. And if you're not, you're wicked. It's just plain and simple. If you're treating her, and speaking to her, down to her, and saying things, that's wicked. You don't talk to your wife that way. I hate that. You're not a man doing that. I I don't know where where we get that. Uh, You know, I I preach hard on women being modest and walking with the Lord and, and, and doing things right, but I will not, I will not let men think that it's okay to speak nasty to your wife or to talk down to your wife. It's wicked right? It, it, it is. And, and you see it. And see, this is the, this is the great rub with that. Because when you preach on things like this, some people that have been through terrible things before, women that have been, they, they have a, they, if you have a Christian man that's treated his wife poorly, they have a, a really confusing view of, they have a confusing view of what's biblical manhood and womanhood. Like, I don't, I I don't know. I I just, I have little, very little patience with that because it's wicked. I just, yelling at each other, talking down to each other. I, I just, I hate it. God hates it. You're to love your wife and you're to cherish her. She's God's gift to you. If you don't see it because she's not perfect, well, neither are you right but she's a gift from God and you ought not speak that way and talk that way and it ought not be done as a saint of God you the world has its view of marriage and it usually ends up very quickly in horrible things but we're to be examples right we're to be examples to the world See, people look at this, and if a man is not good to his wife and doesn't speak kindly and, and, and rightly, that doesn't mean you don't speak directly and deal with things when things, but if you don't speak kindly to your wife, and then you have these standards, biblical standards of things, people look at that, and they see that in the world, and they think they think women are abused. I'm telling you, that's the way the world looks at that. Now, they're wrong either way, but the point is, is that so are we if we don't follow the biblical mandate that God has laid down. Husbands loving their wives and wives being submissive to their own husbands. If we don't follow these things, it doesn't matter what kind of dress you put on. doesn't matter what kind of, you know, it's just a facade it becomes, Right? If you dress up and do all those things, but then you and I don't love each other. We're not kind to each other. We're not, we, we speak horribly to each other. I can't tell you enough that that's a wicked thing. Don't do it. I'm telling you, those words go down in their wounds. They take a long time to heal. And women don't forget things it's the way they are now they have to forgive yes but they don't forget like that right that's why it's important for you and I not to live our lives like that to be good testimonies to each other we have to look at look at what depends on look around you look at the children in this room look at them We're raising them and showing them what the Bible says in our lives. We've got to be kind and loving to each other, all of us, right? It's important. God cares. God cares about how you treat your wife. God cares about how your wife treats you, right? He cares. Some of you that grew up the wrong way, you know what it's like. You've seen it. You've lived it. It's a horrible thing, isn't it? I don't want that for you or your children. Amen. Think about it. Father, thank you. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your people. And Lord, help us to love each other. Help us to follow the commands that are in the Scripture for a woman's attire, a man's attire, the role of a husband and a wife, all these things, Lord, they're so important, not only to our own marriages, but as our children, our offspring, our grandchildren, and for the time to come that they see the examples that they need. Lord, we just pray that you'd guide our steps today. Bless us as we preach the Word of God. Help us. Guide us and direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.